Welcome to Orioles on the Verge. This is Zach Spedden, joined as always by Bob Phelan and Nick Stevens. And tonight we're going to talk about a new era in Birdland that is coming up as the Orioles confirmed reports that had surfaced earlier this week on Wednesday night that the team is on the verge of being sold to David Rubenstein, who will be leading a group of investors that includes, among others, Cal Ripken Jr., Michael Arrighetti of Ari's group, former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg, and former Baltimore Mayor Kurt Smoke. We're going to break that down on tonight's episode. Not just what it means in the short term, but what it could mean in the long term for the baseball operations side of things. We'll get into that in just a few minutes. But first, I want to turn it over to Bob, who's going to introduce a new member of our Patreon community. Yeah, we got a new sign up here at the AA level, paying a year up front. Greatly appreciated. Join the Discord already. It's Billy B. Go ahead and... Uh, Follow in his footsteps if you want to get into that Discord, get into our top 50 countdown as we're nearing the halfway mark now. Um, yeah, a lot of cool features. Or if you just want to support us, we greatly appreciate it. And Billy B was the latest to do that for us. So thank you, Billy. We'll dive in now to the latest news surrounding the Orioles, which is the pending ownership change, which the Orioles confirmed with an announcement on Wednesday, a report had surfaced first from John Warren of Puck that the Orioles were about to sell a controlling stake in the franchise to David Rubenstein in a structured deal. Now, we don't know exactly how things are going to play out, and MLB owners still have to approve the deal. But this brings about an interesting dynamic. Rubenstein, a founder of the Carlisle Group and a Baltimore native, had been linked to the team back in December via report by Bloomberg. It has since surfaced in reports that he was interested in the Orioles as long as six years ago. So this is a guy that's been interested in buying the team for a while. Meanwhile, he's joined by a group that is going to include Orioles Hall of Famer, Cowrickin Jr., as well as some of the others that I mentioned at the top of the show. They're going to be buying the team from the Angelos family. At this point, MLB still has to approve the sale of the team. And that's something we're going to be waiting on the owners are set to meet soon, but we don't know yet if a vote for the sale is going to be on the agenda or not, or if so, exactly how it's going to play out and how soon Rubenstein and his group will be taking over the franchise. Suffice to say, it's not going to change the dynamic of the rest of this offseason, but it could change a lot going forward. And Nick, I want to start with you. Just what is your reaction to what is going to be soon a changing the guard here in Baltimore? Uh, I I really don't know what to think yet. To be honest, I guess I had a totally like different experience. I guess last night when uh, this news broke, um, I just saw it and was like, okay, that's cool. Uh, and I think I was like diving into uh, Senior Bowl Day One practice reports. To be honest, uh, last night, it's I I just like I need information. Um, you know, that's just kind of how I always am. I like get all the information, process it, and then think. What is this going to mean? And right now it's just like, I'm not skeptical at all, but I'm just hesitant because like, we don't know what this is going to mean. Like what are his plans with the organization? Um, you know, I guess I will say like, it's great that we don't have to deal with Johnny anymore. Like the grass isn't always greener on the other side, but like the grass on this side with the Johnny boy in power, I don't even want to say his real name. Uh, like, that grass is dead and shriveled and like, there's nothing there. So like, it doesn't take much uh, to be better, but like, I don't know. There's just a lot of speculation and assumption over the last 24 hours. And, and we don't know for sure, but I will say like, 
as of the last 24 hours have unfolded, it is a lot of fun to kind of dream on what type of baseball we could be watching on a nightly basis here. Uh, with when you combine this player development staff with hopefully a higher payroll, because I truly do think that all the pieces are here, like from the ground up, from the, the dirt and the brand new complex and the DR to Camden Yards. I really do think that all the pieces are here. The coaching staff's here. The development's working. All of it is in place. And I feel like we're just kind of one missing piece almost away from like a dynasty here in Baltimore. And that's just this infusion of cash, like willing to spend even just a little bit of money. Like we don't have to be the Dodgers, right? You don't have to be Steve Cohen, but there is a healthy medium there between where the Orioles have been and a team like the Dodgers that can get this roster in a place where it's a perennial contender. But like, like I said, we'll see. I mean, hopefully it's obviously not going to change anything this off season, but hopefully next off season we start to see a change uh, in the meantime, hopefully we start to see, you know, less DJ diesel concerts at Camden yards, like more actual investments into the fan experience. Like, I don't know. It's also just cool that you know, Kyrickin's a part of this. Uh, they're local ties. He is a local. Rubenstein himself is a local man who is, like you said, he's obviously an Orioles fan. Uh, Kyrickin involved. You've got other local dignitaries involved with this. So hopefully we're seeing a, a fan, someone who is doing this. Obviously, the purpose is to make money. He's not going to do this if he's going to lose money. But someone who genuinely wants to see this team succeed, someone who is genuinely going to say, okay, you want this for the analysts, the scouts, they say you want this guy, right? But, um, you know, the old regime would say the cap is I'm just 20 million a year. I'm just throw a random number out there 20 million a year. Asking price gets up to 30, or he'll say, nope, we got to be out. We're not doing that. Now, maybe with new ownership in charge, they say, well, let's go to 40. Let's go to 45. Who cares about an extra 15 million? If the scouts say, the computer says, let's get our guy, let's go get our guy. Um, Hopefully that's what we start to see. I don't know, but like I said, we will have to see over the next year of what exactly his plans are. Yeah, let's not bury the lead. Grant Hill is a part of this. He's going to be part <laughs> owner of Orioles. Um, now this was amazing news. I was, I'm suffering with a uh, some jaw pain, potential wisdom tooth stuff. So. I'm miserable. Yesterday, the news comes across. Someone accidentally tags everyone. And by accidentally, I mean brilliantly tags everyone in the Discord. And I see the news and I'm immediately just really excited. Um, it's real. It's spectacular. I tell my wife, oh, my God, this is the best news that happened to the Orioles maybe in my lifetime. What? What is it? <laughs> they, The Angelos just are selling the team stare <laughs> like uh and <laughs> what does that mean i'm like uh it means we're gonna have a real owner i mean potential it could be great it could be we could still get a poor owner which i'm i have a feeling mr rubenstein i mean he's 74 years old i don't think he's getting in this to strip this to the studs and and start over and and make as much money as possible i feel like this is a guy that bought a magna carta for funsies and then donated it to a museum so that it, people could watch it. I think he's going to at least be better than Angelos has been and uh, spend a little bit more money. Maybe we see some extensions for these great young players that are coming up through the system, but yeah, so very exciting. I just think 
It almost it doesn't even matter what the rest of the offseason brings. They could trade for a pitcher. They could not. This offseason is going to get an A plus from I think a lot of Orioles fans just because the future. It's not walking a tightrope of okay. We have to be the Rays where we're we're developing these guys. We're bringing them up, but we also have to monitor who's getting arbitration when, who's going to reach free agency when. We're doing one year deals on free agents. It, that tightrope has be just become a nice little uh, wooden plank bridge <laughs> that you could drive a truck over. And uh, yeah, it's 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 going to be exciting to see what Elias can do. I don't think really that much is going to change as far as the strategy goes with Michael Elias and company. But I think this will just open up the reins, open up the checkbook to, to be able to do actually what he wants. And I, I feel like Rubenstein's the type of guy, I think he even tweeted out like, something about great leaders just let this i don't know he tweeted something that was like oh so yeah elias is going to stay and be allowed to just continue building this team up to what he's got i'm sure that's a part of the reason why he really wanted to purchase the orioles was because he saw what has happened the last few years and yeah hopefully that continues but we could we could be the Dodgers of the East. We could be the new Yankees. No, I doubt it. I mean, you do have Michael Bloomberg. There's a lot of rich people involved, but um, at the very least, we can have a middle of the road payroll instead of a bottom barrel payroll, and that could make a huge difference when you have a smart front office and and smart baseball people, as the Orioles do. Yeah, I'll quote here in part from Rubenstein's statement just to. Uh, bring context to some of the things that Bob was touching on. In a statement that he put on X on Wednesday, part of it read, quote, I look forward to working with all the Orioles owners, players, and staff to build upon the incredible success the team has achieved in recent seasons. Our collective goal will be to bring a World Series trophy back to the city of Baltimore. To the fans, I say, we do it for you. We can't do it without you. That was just part of Rubenstein's statement on Wednesday. Now, in that, he says all the right things which you're going to do at this hour if you're him. I think the real test is going to be once he is in there, how much does he buy into what Michael Elias has done? Because it's clear that what Michael Elias is doing is working. So that's really going to be the thing that I'm looking for is the commitment to say, we like what this group is doing. We're going to put more resources into it. And I think John Mioli at the banner really hit the nail on the head earlier today in an article that he wrote kind of looking at what that scenario could look like. And Nick, I'll go back to you because you just kind of touched on this as Mioli did earlier today. It doesn't have to be about going out and signing the most expensive free agent every offseason. But if there are players who fit your model that you're maybe $5, $10 million short on the asking price, being able to go out and get that guy. Yeah, I mean, just look at this offseason. I was trying to think um... – I know Josh Hader obviously got the big money. Diva Boy got all his money. I don't know who like number two on the list was as far as like top relief options this offseason. I was trying to remember. I don't know. Whoever that is. But like as Orioles fans, wouldn't you feel a lot more confident going into the year if maybe you didn't go out and get Josh Hader and Blake Snell, but you landed whoever number two was this offseason? And um, that's not Craig Kimbrell. And uh, Jordan Montgomery. Like you'd be sitting pretty and that's not breaking the bank that's spending a good chunk of change but like that's not breaking the bank and that's obviously two signings that this regime was never going to do um, and i don't even know if the orioles you know analysts and, and scouts are saying jordan montgomery is a good pick but i'm just saying like that tier of you know player 
But yeah, it's like, I don't know. We don't need to be the Dodgers. You, he doesn't even have to be a Peter Seidler type owner, but if we can just move towards that scale a little bit here, that side of the scale a little bit, then it, it is a nice just breath of fresh air here. It's, like, it's late January. Well, tomorrow, we're hours away from February. So pitchers and catchers are reporting. This new season is upon us. Um, and now we've got new ownership, hopefully on the way. I feel like I don't want to like jinx it. I don't want to sit there and like start jumping up and down yet and jinx it because this is the Orioles and something would happen to fall through. But yeah, I mean, it, it would be nice. It's nice to know that maybe next off season, you can't automatically cross off Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery. You are, you don't, we're not automatically crossing names off the list because we know the Orioles aren't going to go after. Maybe we do go after. What, what did I see? Um, the Juan list. Soto. That, that'd be the dream. Even like <laughs> the, the Zach Wheelers, right? Maybe, just maybe, we could go after Zach Wheeler. I think he's one of the top arms available. Like, it's hope and more hope and optimism at a time where even though it was a crappy off season, you know, we're already getting hopeful and optimistic about a brand new season because we're baseball fans. That's what we do. But now it's like taken to a whole nother level once this, once this does get finalized and, and in place. Yeah, absolutely. And I've no doubt that it's going to be finalized. I'm sure MLB is just as excited as Orioles fans to uh, have the ownership situation change in a, in a better way in Baltimore. Maybe we get an all-star game soon. Um, but I would think if if Mr. Rubenstein really wants to endear himself to Orioles fans, it probably wouldn't take long to be like, where are you at with Adley Rutschman's agent as far as an extension? Because I will do what it takes to just push that push that right on across. <laughs> let's Let's get that done. And, you know, Let's let's see what Mr. Scott Boris has to say about Gunnar Henderson and Jackson Holiday. Like, I don't know. That's like I that's the one thing I'm like most optimistic about changing as far as the money goes. It's being able to potentially keep these guys, even if Gunnar is associated with Scott Boris as his agent. Maybe it's a little bit more possible if uh if Mr. Rubenstein's willing to shell out the big bucks. But speaking of Boris, did, did he know something that nobody else did? Because all his guys are still available and uh, the Orioles might have a tax <laughs> influx coming in a, in a few weeks or a month. But no, I doubt that. I doubt anything's going to really happen. I bet you the plan is still the same right now. As far as this offseason goes, I still think they're going to try to trade for a starting but man, would I love to see that Adley Rutschman extension announcement in the next uh, six weeks or so. Well, let's let's go to that. What should be the the top priority for David Rubenstein over, let's say, the next twelve months? Is it being more active in the free agent market, or is it getting it to these extensions? And that's not to say he can't do both because he surely can. But if he's got to look at one over the other, would you rather see him go out and? spend aggressively next offseason or invest in the core and go from there. So I think Bob brought up this point in the chat um, yesterday. There was obviously everybody was so excited and there's a lot going on. So I think you said this first and it was a really good point that there's some, you know, maybe some concern by some people, but like, what could he do when he comes into power? Like, is he going to change the front office and, you know, that whole regime that's in power now? Could that be kind of disrupted or anything? And I think it was you, Bob, that said maybe one of the selling points here for Rubenstein was knowing that Elias and his people are in charge and look at what Elias has done 
with minimal resources. Uh, he's built this team that just won 101 games and won the AL East and is on the verge of becoming this dynasty. Now, if you just add my financial backing to this, what could we do? Uh, so I, I do think that if that is the case, then coming in and getting these extensions done, and then that's a two-way street as well. Like Adley has to want to sign an extension here in Baltimore. Gunner has to want to sign an extension to be here in Baltimore. Um, clearly, money does money does talk. Uh, so I'm sure they could flash some extra extra zeros on these contracts and maybe get something done. But I think it's I, personally, I'd like to see the the homegrown talent. Like, okay, here's the backing of not just here's to the fans. Let's give, I'm going to say Gunner, for example, because I think he did like the the tweet about Gunner Henderson winning Rookie of the Year. Um, so clearly he's a fan of Gunner. It's like, all right, here's a homegrown guy that the Orioles drafted and developed. This is going to be our shortstop third baseman. Doesn't matter to me, regardless. Either way, he's going to be stellar at whatever position he ends up at. This is the, the cornerstone, the keystone of our lineup here for the next, what, 10 years or so. Gunnar Henderson, and here's a big fat contract. Um, you're an Oriole for pretty much life. Uh, I think that would be a be a pretty stellar way to kick off your your ownership tenure. Yeah, and be like, hey, Cal Ripken's part of my ownership group. We got the next Cal Ripken right here. Gunnar Henderson, twelve years, <laughs> whatever you know, the Julio Rodriguez deal. Uh, if if Boris and Gunnar are amenable to that, but yeah, I do think it is just keeping that core. That's already come up and that is yet to come up. Maybe Jackson Holiday gets the pre-debut deal, but I doubt it again because it's Boris. But maybe Kobe Mayo gets a pre-debut deal. Maybe Samuel Basayo a year from now gets that. You know, I, I think Adley though makes the most sense other than Gunner. Gunner makes the most sense if it wasn't for Boris. But since Boris invo is involved, I feel like it's a little bit of a tougher sell. But Adley, I just it should have happened already. And if Angelos was, I don't, obviously we don't know the reason why there's no extension there yet, but if Angelos was the reason and he was like, uh, my max offer is six years, whatever million. And Rubenstein's like, Mike, what do you think? Uh, you know, he's a catcher. I know your analytics and your, your thing say he won't, you know, perform past 33, blah, 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 blah. Well, I don't care. I, you know, you, we'll pay him for a couple of extra years when he you think he's going to be past his prime and give him like three million extra per year. Let's get this done. That to me is just like I would not be shocked if a lot of extension deals get done in spring training. I would not be shocked if as we get close to this thing getting approved and wrapped up, if Adley Rutschman gets signed to like an eight year extension, which would take him through his age 32 or 33 season, I believe, maybe yeah, 33, I think. So I, that just makes so much sense to me. Um, honestly, I'd be surprised if Adley doesn't extend at this point. It just is the perfect way for for uh, David Rubenstein to just come in and, and show how invested he is in, in this group. And obviously, if there's a free agent that makes sense, let's at least be serious contenders for them instead of Oh my gosh, what if the Orioles shock us and, and sign this guy when we know it's never going to happen? I think that with Rutzman, and that's a good place to start because I believe Mike Elias when he says that they're interested in extending players. I believe Eve Rosenbaum when she was on our show last year and talked about how they have people working on this every day. I do believe that. 
But if the resources aren't there to get these deals done, that's a whole different challenge beyond what your model thinks a player is worth. Now, I don't think, you know, I'm sure that there are downsides to extending certain players, but with Rutzman, you, you can just look at him and tell he's the cornerstone player that you were hoping he was going to be. Gunnar Henderson is going to be a star in this league for a long time. I, and there's other players in this organization that fit that mold too. So at some point, that's got to be a priority. I mean, we haven't even touched on the pitchers in this conversation. What if it does make sense to lock up Kyle Bradis at least until free agency or Grayson Rodriguez a year or two beyond when he's going to hit free agency? So there's a lot of places you could go with extensions that, you know, we don't know this for sure, but it's entirely possible the resources just haven't been there to get it done. And I think one other thing, too, that it shows, it could show potential free agents next offseason and offseasons after that. Like, all right, this organization is taking care of their own, first and foremost, right? They're dishing out big bucks to their homegrown guys. Uh, maybe they're a little bit more serious about this money issue now. Uh, so that would be, obviously, a, a great starting point to lock down the core, make sure they're, they're locked down for the next few years. But also, like even some of the other roster spots, it's also kind of fun to sit here now. Obviously, the sale's not even final. So again, we're just speculating. We're jumping the gun as well. But it's also fun to sit here and think about like, hey, Anthony Santa, a guy like Anthony Santander, not even just the super young guys, but some of the veterans like Santander. I went on Locked On Orioles and talked about Santander. We talked about Santander here on this show about, yeah, he's probably just going to you know play this year out. Maybe you extend the qualifying offer. But then again, could the Orioles not extend the qualifying offer out of fear that he accepts the qualifying offer and then they got to pay him? Was it 16 million or something? Um, you know, so maybe they just end up losing Santander or he gets traded as a corner outfield rental piece later and you're selling really low on him. Well, now it's like, all right, maybe we don't, we don't have to also concern ourselves with trading away these guys just because like there's a cheaper younger prospect waiting in the waiting in the wings like maybe you can come in and give Santander an extension if he's going to play this year like he has the last two years why not extend Santander for a, a two three years whatever it may be um it's just like I said it's just fun to sit here we can go in 20 different directions and kind of dream on what could happen but it's at least nice knowing that it's a real it, potentially a real possibility now not just us you know, in a bold prediction segment here before the season starts. No, it's a good point. But I think Cedric Mullins, a guy, three, four-year extension candidate, maybe potentially soon as well. But the one thing, and I, I'm trying to pull up the quote here, we could do the um, Luis Castillo thing that the Mariners did when they traded for him uh, a couple years ago. Uh, Baltimore Sports Providence says on YouTube, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, by the way, Corbin Burns could be an Oriole this deadline and get an extension in season. Yeah, that seems way more realistic now than it did uh, two days ago. So, yeah, I think the money is not everything. The Orioles, clearly, they just showed that this past season. Won 101 games on the shoestring budget and all the, the roadblocks that the front office had as far as financials go. But it does make your job a little bit easier if you open that up a little bit gives room for error. You don't have to worry about being perfect. You can take a risk here and there. Um, 
and not have to worry that if it doesn't work out, oh, we're hamstrung and won't be able to go after anyone else uh, the next year. So it's just the po- we already talked about how the possibilities were endless with what, how this team could go from like a on the field uh, level a lot. Well, now it's the possibilities are endless on, on the other side, too, with the, the extensions, the money. And it's just going to be interesting to see even what Rubenstein comes in and does just and he, he now has control of Masson. Like, is he going to make changes there? Is there's going to be changes as far as uh, PR and and advertising the team and just trying to get the Orioles out there and the open? Like, there's just so many ways under the radar ways and just behind the scenes that could improve as well. So very interested to see how this all shakes out. And I think something else, I can't remember if it was Andy Koska who has done a lot of great work the last 24 hours um, or if it was John in John's article. I can't remember where this, where I read this, but it's even going to trickle down to where minor league podcasts We can bring this into the fold here. It could also trickle down into the minor leagues. Like if you, you know, there's possibly more resources now. And like, to be fair, like Angelos did I'll bring in Michael Elias. I'm not saying anything new here, other, you know, but you know, I like Andy Casca. I don't know if you guys saw this. He was also on the Foul Territory show, which I haven't really watched before. I might have seen clips before, but um, I don't know. I saw AJ Perzinski talk for the first time on, on that podcast. I was like, I don't know if I want to watch this anymore, but uh, unnecessary shot at AJ Perzinski there, but whatever. Um, but I thought Andy did a fantastic job in that interview, and because I think they were really trying to get him to kind of dance on the grave of Angelos uh, and John, that is. Um, and <laughs> like, <laughs> And Andy, like, Andy is fantastic, of course. And he was like, look, you know, not to, to dance on the grave of Angelos, but, you know, he did bring in Elias and he did let Elias kind of do his thing, minus the spinning, obviously, but the DR facility and the minor league side, the, the player development, the, the draft resources, all that stuff. Well, now, if you got this more infusion of, ta- of cash coming in, Maybe that also trickles down to the minor leagues. Like we talk about Aberdeen all the time and all the upgrades we hit when we had Joe Hernazel. And I think that was probably one of the more opening interviews, eye opening interviews. Uh, and he talked about what it was like playing in Aberdeen and some of the things like they weren't fixing, like could small things like that be fixed. Uh, and that continues to help the player development process as well. Uh, I, I think that wealth is uh, trickle down economics. We're not going to get into that, but uh, you know, some of that wealth I think could trickle down into the minor leagues as well. And it's uh, again from the top to the bottom, everywhere in between. I think could potentially benefit here. Shout out to Andy Casca too, by the way, and and the rest of the Baltimore Banner team, Daniel Allen Tuck. Fantastic mm-hmm. coverage of all this since it broke, and uh, really enjoy reading all their stuff they're putting out. Yeah, absolutely. Great coverage over there. And I should uh, mention Pamela Wood, too, who's not part of the Orioles beat, but a very good political reporter. And we're glad to have her here in Baltimore. Speaking of the banner, um, I would recommend going over there to check out Danielle Allentuck's piece that was published on Wednesday morning, just to get a full sense of what is going to come in the process here before the sale is going to be finalized. And the key thing is that MLB will have to approve it. It would require 22 of the other 29 voters supporting it to go forward. The next time the owners will meet will be February 4th through 6th in Orlando. We don't know yet if the Orioles sale is on the agenda then, but you have to think that if it's not, it's going to be in the near future. And it's rare to see deals like this 
turned down, and I definitely don't see it happening in this case, given that you have Rubenstein coming on board, who is worth billions of dollars, backed by two other billionaires uh, in the purchase. So it would look like that once this gets to the owners, it's going to go through. Yeah, no doubt in my mind, that's going to be the case. And I don't know exactly how it's set up. I don't really follow these big uh, sports purchases like league-wide or even just like industry-wide as far as other sports and stuff. Rubenstein, he's 74. Is that a normal age for someone to buy a team? But again, you have a couple younger guys that are also billionaires there. So I don't know. That stuff's a little over my head. That's where I'm still like educating myself as far as reading all of the things that are out there. But yeah, I don't. I know the the what the owners have a meeting next week. I think it's not on the agenda as of now. Maybe it could be put on the agenda. Maybe they they have to do their due diligence, and then in a month or so, they'll do another you know little get together to vote and officially make it uh, make it official. That's the word I'm looking for. And uh, yeah, so did we talk about how John Angelos will still be a uh, major advisor and and he will give all his beautiful insights to Mr. Rubenstein even after Rubenstein is is a controlling person again that's just saying the right thing i think at this point i don't know, i don't i also not getting into like the behind the scenes stuff here about how these sales work and controlling ownership versus who has what percentage and what all this means i really don't care Honestly, like this, this has been good for content for the last 30 minutes or so. But like at the end of the day, I really, I just care about the players on the field. I want to see the players raising the championships and bonging beers. I don't need to see the owner bonging beers in the clubhouse afterwards. Um, but at the same time, like it, it is, I don't know. It, it's just, it's just nice that these are all people with local connections as well. Like it seems like everyone in that group is a local connection. And so I think obviously major league baseball is going to approve this. They clearly don't care who runs these teams. I don't think any pro organization actually cares like who runs the franchises. I'm a Cowboys fan. I know firsthand, like they really don't care who runs these organizations and if they run them into the ground or not. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good. That's kind of adds to the, the hope though. I'm probably veering off the topic, the original question, but at this point, but it's the fact that they all have these local ties. Maybe there will be like genuine interest in getting this team a world series and not just one, but like multiple world series over the next couple of years, because this team is primed and ready for it. I, I gotta say though, it is going to be nice. Look, David Rubenstein, he seems like a more public person, good speaker. I think he's got his own podcast or at least he does some kind of, stuff like that it's going to be nice to uh have someone speak with the media and not put their foot in their mouth every time a camera is in front of them and uh i think any press conferences that he's involved in will be a little more fun to watch and not in a uh (laughs) let's see what goes wrong this time kind of way you mean he's not gonna open the books (laughs) not today anyway (laughs) not not on backwards day uh, I think this has nothing to do with like, there's no comparison because uh, I, I work for a, a smaller startup company, but the CEO of our company, like he sold uh, about a year or so, a year or two ago, whatever. And he stayed on as this advisory role. Technically, I've never seen or heard from him in two years. Uh, he's gone. He's done. So when I saw that, like, that's what immediately popped into my mind. Like, okay, he's going to hang around or whatever. 
blah, blah, blah. This is how you do, make sure you get this paperwork done. Make sure you get that paperwork done, blah, blah. But like three weeks later, he's, he's counting his money. Cause the man is pulling in almost $2 billion. Like, but that's that, you know, not irks me. It's, it's what happens, but you know what, if that's what it takes to go away, like go count your $2 billion, $1.7 billion elsewhere. He's going to hang around for two, three weeks, and then he'll be gone. Um, and it's just a title at this point. Yeah, like I, that, and, <laughs> it's fine. that obviously is just like they can't say we're going to sell you the rest of the stuff after our dad dies. I mean, that's a little, little dark there. So, yeah, it's just a thing where, all right, this is what it's going to say on paper. But honestly, I doubt he'll be even be in the picture for those two or three weeks that you're saying. And, uh, yeah, so... God, just can't wait for it to be official at this point and just just watch the dominoes fall. But like you said, I mean, we're here to watch the product on the field. And hopefully this just enriches the product on the field, gives the front office more weapons to do what they do and gets the players paid and to be able to stay here and let us watch them become local legends and uh, grow up in this hopefully better environment. So it's been a pretty solid off season off the field for the Orioles when you consider the lease agreement. And now this well said, and with that, that does it that this look at the ownership change, we will be back with our second episode later this week. And we're going to actually turn our attention back to the minor leagues. And we're going to talk about possible breakout candidates. Uh, that will be on the next episode of Orioles on the verge, part of the believe podcast network. In the meantime, you can check us out on Facebook threads, Instagram, X, TikTok and on Substack at Orioles, oriolesontheverge.substack.com. And while you're browsing around the internet, be sure to head over to our Patreon community where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month and at the 5 and $10 levels have access to exclusive daily coverage. For Bob Phelan and Nick Stevens, this is Zach Spedden. You've been listening to Orioles on the Verge.